Our church is very much blessed today with many friends. You know the adversity that is in my mind against the word visitors or guests. Friends, amen? Whoever comes in here, we pray the Lord, the Lord will bind our hearts and become friends. So there's friends that is older friends. And by that I mean, uh, this morning as I walked out of the office, I noticed a gentleman, and when I looked at his face, that looks like Aaron's father. And then talking to his wife, Teresa, he said, oh yes, you can't miss them. You couldn't miss them. We want to welcome you and your family, uh, Brother Amos, and your wife. And uh, I understand you're traveling across the country and uh, to relocate in the Idaho area. And we pray for safe travel and God's traveling mercies as well as you continue. This morning also, we're very happy because it's kind of hard to put everyone in order. There's no order. Everyone is so important. I'm so happy to meet Ron for the first time today. It was downstairs when Amanda introduced me and said, Pastor, this is my dad, Ron. I said, praise the Lord. So happy to have you with us here this morning, Ron. And I pray that your experience here as we worship together will be a blessing in your life. Um, we're also happy to uh, know next Sabbath is going to be not just today we did the ceremony, but next Sabbath... Uh, Wanda and, uh, and Judy will make, you know, the, the real welcome for John and Adelia. Okay? That's going to be the, the real welcome. Today was the ceremony receiving you, but then it's going to be more tangible. And uh, we will see more about that for John and Adelia. Uh, today, beloved brethren, I rejoice with you because also, when I was coming in, uh, I was introduced to a man by the name Juan. That's John in English. John is sitting to the back, and I was very happy to see that he came. And we spoke, you know, in the heavenly language in Spanish. And uh, so we were going there back and forth, and we were just having a great time. And uh, th that was really good. Also, you need to know that uh, as Tony read the names of the first six of our brothers and sisters coming to us from Africa, uh, we're working with the other names. You, you talk to Sandy, and every week she's calling all over the globe trying to get the names, get things in order for them to be transferred and be part of our church family. I want to acknowledge Kim Martinez for making the effort every Sabbath. Anyone is welcome to say, Kim, you take a break, I'll help you. You are welcome to do that at any given time, okay? She's not going to uh, turn you down or turn you back. It will be nice to have some help there to help transporting them from Oshkosh, here from Appleton, uh, from downtown where other parts of the families are as well. Very happy to know that the Lord is inviting us to, to grow uh, as friends with our new brothers and sisters. I also, before we get into our message, wanted to make mention that closer to 15 years ago, when we came to uh, the Wisconsin Conference, it was like instant. Our family was adopted by a lady by the name Rosie Cole. 
she was like a mother to the whole world. You kind of, you kind of have met ladies like this once in a while in your life. They're all over the place. They're special. I never thought she would pass away, and she did. Then three other families decided to adopt us. You know, we were orphans. And so three families decided to adopt us, and they're here this morning. And I am very happy to welcome the France, the Molenbecks, and also the Russo family. Would you just raise your hands? I'm not going to do what Nelson does, have you stand, but they just raised their hands over there. And uh, we're very happy they came to worship with us today. And let's go into the Word. Amen? Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for friends. But we look up to you now, the true friend. We want to learn from you. And we pray that through your Word, it will become clear how close you are inviting us to be as friends to you. May your sweet spirit seal your words in our minds and our hearts. And as we participate of communion, may that friendship just grow closer. We ask in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. Our meditation today is entitled, as you can see in your bulletin, Friends. And our scripture reading tells us that even closer than a brother can be a true friend. Can you imagine? I have five. Well, we're all together five. Four siblings. And I love them dearly. But it's amazing. Every one of us have experienced how close a friend can be. And their influence, their friendship can have a profound, lasting, and even sometimes a dramatic impact in anyone's life. I consider the 2008 film, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. How many of you saw that movie? I see several hands. Interesting movie. You know the story, and for those of you who don't know it, I'll summarize it as short as I can. It's basically the story of a German family who's transferred from where they are to this place. I can't even pronounce that in German. And um, there, he's the new commander of this concentration camp. Their names are, he is an SS or Secret Service German officer, Ralph, his wife Elsa. They have two children, the girl Gretel and the boy Bruno. Bruno, from the window of his room, sees a barbed wire fence and people with striped clothing that he thinks they're wearing pajamas the whole time. You get to Walmart any day in the morning and you see pajamas all over. But they don't have stripes. Most of the time in this area, they have different figures stamped there. So, um, the well-to-do family must move to the countryside where, you know, the father has been promoted to be the new officer there. Unknown to Bruno, the new house is there, that Nazi, Nazi concentration camp, and, of course, as I just mentioned to you, the father, his father, he is the new commander there. Bruno initially dislikes the new house as he always has to stay in the house or in the garden. That's it. He doesn't go anywhere else than those two places. Also, there are no other children to play with except his sister. Can you imagine 
a boy playing with his sister when he's around nine? That doesn't look too good. The boys go like, we have the boys club. No girls allowed. That kind of mentality. So it's terrible for him. He can't play with anyone else. All that there is in the house is like a rope with a tire tied to it and he swings on it and that's basically it. Yes. Though he thinks it is a farm, it is the camp with Jews, Jewish people there in the clothing camp and Bruno is forbidden to go there because according to his father Ralph, they're not really people. It's agreed that at least they are a bit weird as demonstrated by their clothing. Bruno goes there anyway, secretly of course, as you know, and becomes friends. Becomes friends with a Jewish boy by the name Shmuel. Whom he meets at the fence and who is of the same age. Shmuel tells Bruno that he is a Jew and that the Jewish people have been imprisoned here by soldiers who also took their clothes and gave them the striped camp clothing and that he is also hungry. So Bruno figures out how to go back home. He puts some food wherever he can on his clothes and brings it to his new friend. And he does this day after day. They become very close. Bruno is confused and starts having doubts about his father being a good person. Later, he's relieved after seeing a propaganda film about the camp. Bruno often turns to the fence to play with his friend. He brings Schmel food and plays checkers with him through the fence. At the end of the story... They both die in the extermination chambers. They think they're going for a bath because they asked them to take their clothes off. But that's where they're going to die. Before they die, the mother acknowledges the fact that Bruno's not around. You know how disciplined the German families are. He's not at the right time at home again. Where is he? They start looking for him. They look around the yard. They walk in the back. And when they find out, how through the back of the house they can go to the fence, they see his clothes there. He had taken a shovel, went under the fence, his friend Schmel brought him some pajamas. They were looking for Schmel's father. They were he was trying to make up to Schmel because in a certain occasion, he turned his back and betrayed his friendship. So he's trying to make it up, trying to help him to find his father. And of course, the drama and the trauma of the movie of the mess is there. The father, the mother, the whole family looking for their son, who they know now it's in there, possibly confused by others and could be killed. And then in their minds. But friends, how far can a friendship go? Yes. The plan of salvation Begins with the story of God's unfailing love for Adam and Eve. We know this. We've read it so many times. And in the first two chapters of the book of Genesis, we read about God's magnificent creation. 
It was so beautiful when God goes day after day describing what he was doing. Then in chapter 3, we also read the story of the fall and God's intervention. How he appointed a savior that would come and fill in the gap that separated him from his beloved created beings. When the news of the fall reached the portals of heaven, no music, no praises, it was sad. Sadness filled the whole chambers of the heavenly host. And turn your Bibles, please, with me to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8 and 9. Genesis chapter 3, we're going to read in verse 8 and 9. The Word of God tells us the following. Genesis 3, verse 8 and 9. And it reads, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. You remember the last time we were here together? We spoke about how sin just alters your views, what you see, what you understand. And it's exactly what is happening to Adam here. In the past, when God would come, they would run to God. They would embrace God. They would hear from His lips the stories of the friendship that God had intended for them. But now, they're hidden. They're running away from God. Verse 9. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Adam, Eve, where are you? That's the longing call of a friend who misses his friends. Where are you? As you know, when it comes to Thanksgiving, to Christmas, or New Year's Eve, or any holiday, we long for those friends that are dear to us, especially families. We like to talk to them. We send them the cards. We call them. We enjoy their company, etc. And for over nine centuries, Adam told the story of how that friendship with God was interrupted. But through the sacrifice of a lamb, yes, the connection will be made again. They look forward to the coming of that Lamb, the Lamb of God. Yes? If you turn now your Bibles to Genesis chapter 15, very close there. I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 5, verse 16. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 16 describes there that Jared lived 162 years and he begot Enoch. Enoch lived 65 years, and he begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God for how long? 300 years. We don't live 300 years anymore, right? We're lucky if we make it to, according to David, 80. We're blessed if we make it to 80. And there is more than one here that it's there or past it, you can be blessed. But 300 years, 300 years, he was walking with God and his son's name was the announcement 
Every time anyone would call Methuselah, they were saying, God is going to intervene. And when he dies, there will be judgment on earth. Yes? His name was that constant announcement that God were to intervene with judgment on earth because of sin in its wickedness, uh, wickedness and how, how it had separated God from his created beings. After Methuselah died, the flood came too, the Bible tells us. Not only that, and now God again looks for a friend who in turn would be one that he could be friends with. Yes, someone who will become a friend, the father of a nation of people that will be friends with him, his representative. In Genesis chapter 12, we're not going to read it. You know this by heart. This is this occasion when God appears to Abraham and tells him, wakes him up from his sleep and say, go out from your tent and look into the skies. Remember? Can you count them? Imagine Abraham. Have you ever tried to count the skies? You might have tried, but were you successful? We've all had that experience. Even trying to count the grains of sand in the beach. God is telling Abraham, Abraham, like the stars there in the sky, like the sand in the sea, it's going to be your descendants. <coughs> Lord, what are you saying? I don't have no children. Abraham, don't worry about that. I will take care of that. From you, I will make a great nation that no one will be able to count. So, he is told, Abraham, not only will I make a great nation from you, but I need you to pack because you're going to move now. Would you accept my invitation? Go to a land. I know that you don't know where it is or how it looks like, but there is where I'm going to establish you and your descendants. Leave your loved ones, your parents, your brothers, sisters, your families, and go to this land that I will show you. Yes. Over there, he would make a great nation out of him. This nation will be like the sand of the sea, like the stars. And all the people of the earth should be blessed through him. Hold oh, your friends. God is in the business of making friends. I want to stress this. God is in the business of making as many friends as he can. And he's counting on you. He's counting on me to do just that. To be his ambassadors. To be his representatives. How far would you go to defend a friend of yours? Whether in school, whether at work, wherever you may be. How many people have got into a fight defending a brother, defending a friend? But Satan wants to make us believe that yes, we can be friends with God, but not his representative. Don't you take pride in saying such and such is my friend? But yet... When it comes to God, we're not so enthusiastic about the idea of letting people know He is my friend. And today God is appealing us to be His true friends. Yes? 
after Abraham said, Yes, Lord, I will go to wherever you lead me. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 15, now verse 6. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6, it tells us, And Abraham believed in the Lord, and God counted to him for righteousness. You see, yes, Abraham knew all about what it is, the experience of being declared by God righteous. Not because he was righteous. God counted it righteousness to him because he believed in the gift God made through that lamb that it was symbol a symbol of the lamb of God that would come. Wherever in that journey Abraham went, the first thing that he would do was to pick up the phone and talk to his heavenly father. That was so great. And you might say, wait a minute, pastor, what are you talking about? There was no phones in those days. Well, telephone then was erecting an altar and there he would worship God. That was the best communication there could be. No cell phone. No, nothing could compare to that kind of communion between God and Abraham. Yes, it's amazing to know. People knew, okay, Abraham was around here. Look at that altar. Wherever he stopped to camp, there was these stones, these rocks. Abraham had worshipped there. If you would turn now to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Turn your Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter 20 in verse 7. Notice what it says there. There's a special mention. And as we're getting close to wrap up our meditation this morning, brethren, think about this. Second Chronicles chapter 20 in verse 7, it says, Are you not our God who drove all the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and you gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. Now, this is one of the priests of the people of God just before going to battle. Jehoshaphat was king and this prayer was being made. But did you notice how Abraham is described here? Abraham, your friend. Forever. We have had friends that didn't last too long, right? But we have friends years, years, decades. And we still talk. We still communicate with them. We still get to see them. We still get to see them, yes. They were the best friends way before this statement mentioned here in Second Chronicles. We know that. It's just that it's mentioned here for the first time in the biblical records. But they were friends way back. It's just being acknowledged here. And now, if you would, turn to Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 8. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8. We read the same description, similar, but with a special emphasis this time. But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, and now this is God speaking, my friend. The priest in Second Chronicles said, your friend. But now God is bragging. Can you see God being 
proud of Abraham? This is Abraham, my friend. He's close to me. We're good friends. Yes. Beloved, we will read only two more passages. And after that, we will participate of communion this morning. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 19 brings you and I into the picture. Turn your Bibles there to Matthew chapter 11, verse 19. Matthew 11, chapter 19. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they said, look, a gluten, a wine-biber, a friend of tax collector, and who else? Did you hear your name there? Amen. That spells Anchetta so loud. Yes. Jesus, the friend of who? Of sinners. This is where you and I come in. Yes. Jesus, the friend of sinners, meaning you and me. This is what he's all about. This is the reason why he came. Our last verse is found in John chapter 15, verse 13 through 15. Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 13 through 15. Again, the gospel tells us the following. Greater love has no one than this. Than to lay down one's life for who? For his friend. You are my friends. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. 15. No longer do I call you what? Servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Beloved, God is appealing to me and to you this morning again to review, to revisit our friendship with Him. Where are we? How is that friendship? What a better way could there be than to participate of the emblems that will allow us to publicly declare that we accept Jesus as our personal Savior. I'm thinking of my young friend here in the first pew, Davy, his first official communion. He was baptized this past December. And now he's going to partake of all the full spiritual honors for the first time. I was just sharing the same with my brother, my brother Ben, my brother Greg sitting in the back there too. Friends, Jesus is counting on you to be his friends. Dear Father, thank you for doing what you just did right now. Bringing to our memories the great sacrifice heaven did. All heaven was empty. When Jesus came 
to this world. You, Father, in the person of Jesus, came yourself. The lawgiver, the creator, dying for the creature. How could we ever thank you for this? We can start by being friends. Better friends. Taking time with you, our best friend. As we separate, Lord, may we become closer to you and one to another as we pray for one another. As we grow in friendship, as we look out for each other spiritually, our tendency is to look and serve ourselves first. Lord, by the miracle of the new birth, reverse this tragedy of selfishness. And may Jesus live in every believer, every disciple here present. We thank you for doing that miracle. In Jesus' precious name, we all pray and say, Amen.